This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, week recaps, and week previews for the weeks to come. And welcome into the Any Given Saturday College Football Podcast. My name is Mark. I'm here with my good friend, Brennan. And hey. We, and uh, we are here to bring you the recap of the second to last week of college football. And week 13 recap. Yeah, I do. I cannot believe college football is winding down. I really can't. Yep. USC season's over, except for the bowl game that they'll be in. So the I don't, I don't think over. it's over. No, the regular season's over. The Utah's Wait, this out. was their last game? Yeah. Oh, dude, that sucks. We still uh, got one more game. Unless uh, unless Utah loses to Colorado, but that's not going to happen. What happens if they lose to Colorado? They got to like do a play-in game or something? No, then uh, USC wins the South, so they play the Pac-12 conference game. Ooh. A little bit of interest for next week. Yep. And so uh, just speaking of, I, I, I want this to be a historic day for the Any Given Saturday College Football Podcast. This is the very first time that I get to get on here and talk about a Nebraska win. I am super excited about it. I am going to see the second to last one because I do have a lot to get into with that game. And there's actually a lot of Big Ten games that went on yesterday. Uh, I'm pretty sure damn near almost every Big Ten team was in action last week. Yeah, more. I think there's more Big Ten games than Pac-12 games. This oh, last there's week. plenty of them. So yep. let's just jump in. Um, we'll get going with the Big Ten. Yeah, let's just get into it. Uh, no time like the present. So, so Minnesota we'll Northwestern. Uh, I didn't get to. I only got to watch maybe the end of that because I was driving back. So this is going to be all you with the Big. Oh 10. yeah, driving back. How's How's Kansas? Uh, it was pretty nice. It's a it's it's a small slash mid sized town. Did you find somewhere to live? Uh, not yet. Um. The houses I looked at were just super old, so I think I'm going to go with kind of like an apartment, townhouse type thing. How far are you away from campus? Uh, so it's actually a really small town. So like even like if you're like on the outskirts of the town, you're only like 10 minutes away from campus. But like the places I'm looking at are about like five, seven minutes. That's not bad. That's no, not, not are not you excited to get out there though? Yeah, I'm ready to be a wildcat. Meow. <laughs> Jesus, I, I cannot believe you're going to K-State, man. Like you got UCCS, you got... Colorado College, you got UC Boulder, you got all these nice colleges here, and you're going to go to Kansas State. Yeah, they don't offer the program I want, though. What is it, aviation electrician or whatever? Aviation maintenance management. Yeah, dude, just talk to my wife for five minutes. That's what she did in the Navy. Hey, it's fine. <laughs> you don't have to go to college. You Remember what just... you told me before? You're like, oh, you can't go to Utah State because it's not even a, a conference. You're like, you go to Kansas State. At least no, I mean, it's a big five conference. Yeah. I mean, it's a, or it's a power five. So, I mean... At Kansas State, they got a program. They're building a program. Yeah, like, I don't up. know. I know we don't really cover it, but I mean, I've been kind of paying attention a little bit. And K State's coming up, so this should be yeah. fun for you next year. Uh, you're just leaving me, okay? So Minnesota <laughs> Northwestern, thirty-eight twenty-two. I I watched a little bit of this game. The score is not indicative of how dominant Minnesota was in this game. Uh, they kind of let Northwestern um, hang around a little bit more than I think PJ Fleck would have liked. Um, we both had Minnesota for this one, too. Yeah, I I don't even think it was a question, dude. Um, Minnesota went up early, 14 nothing, and then I, I kind of feel like they put it on cruise control. Um, Tanner Morgan had four touchdown passes, uh, 211 yards, looked really accurate, did throw an interception, but... With a QBR of 90. Yeah. So he, he was the Tanner Morgan he should have been last week. Yeah, I, I think that it feels like that last week. I think we're looking at an 11-0 Minnesota team. Um, but And probably, they, I mean, probably number six, number seven in the nation, too, if they're 
they uh, they're, no, dude, if they were 11 and 0, they would have beat Wisconsin and they're not they they would have been in the top 4 or top 5 at least. I think I think maybe 5 at most. Uh, I don't think they've been in the top four yet. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, I, I do want to get into college football playoff, but um, there that trio, that that Minnesota trio, uh, kind of ran wild. Uh, seventy-seven yards, seventy-six yards, and then forty-four for Brooks. Um, a lot better numbers than last week, but still not the numbers we were used to seeing with them. But I mean, it was a balanced attack, though. I mean, Tanner Morgan had two hundred eleven through the air, and they had two hundred twelve on the ground. So yeah, definitely, definitely a better all around for sure. Yeah. For the, uh, well, actually, two hundred and 22 because Tanner Morgan has his uh, three sacks that he yeah. took for a negative 10, but uh, not then, a bad uh, day. And then Tyler Johnson coming in with seven receptions, 125 yards, yep, one touchdown. Yeah, that kid, I I don't see. I, I think I think Johnson will uh, he'll play on Sundays along with Bateman. Bateman didn't have the big numbers like Johnson did, but Bateman had had a few big catches. Excuse you. <laughs> um, <laughs> he uh he had a few big catches there um and minnesota just looked like a dominant team against northwestern yeah the pizza's almost well the oven's ready for the pizza so. okay you can go take care i'll get into northwestern stats yeah yeah get into that okay yeah we got uh hang on let me put my pizza glasses andrew marty marty eight of ten 95 yards one touchdown uh no turnovers that's pretty good uh then he had 16 carries for 52 yards, two touchdowns. So just dominating, pretty much a uh, all-around attack by Andrew Marty. And Northwestern just looking like one of the not the worst team in the in the uh, Big Ten because that record has taken that one, but definitely looking like the second to worst. Uh, Minnesota coming out on top though, looking good. Should be a uh, confidence confidence booster for them going to the next week. So now we'll go into Purdue and Wisconsin. Uh, me and Mark both had Wisconsin for this one. Uh, Wisconsin just took off in this game and then just kept rolling. Uh, beat Purdue forty-five to twenty-four. Uh, Aiden O'Connell twenty-six of forty-three, two hundred touchdowns, two touchdowns, one interception. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I watched a little bit of this game as well. Uh, just I. I I do have a special interest in Purdue. I like watching them because you never know who's going to show up. And definitely the shitty Purdue showed up. Um, Jonathan Taylor definitely just kind of padding his Sunday resume. I mean, 222 yards, 28 carries for a touchdown. Uh, as long as a 51. Yeah, Man, he just rolling. Yeah, and then you look underneath that with Pryor. Uh, he had 56 yards, but he had a 49-yard run. I mean, that they had 403 total yards on the ground with – uh, Cone with negative nine yards, and it's probably the kneel down for the negative one right there is what it looks like. Yeah, that team is yeah that's yeah. the kneel down at the end. Um, four hundred and three yards on the ground, four touchdowns. Uh, yeah. That Wisconsin running attack is is kind of what you expect in the Big Ten. And yeah, Cone, I mean, two hundred and three yards, fifteen of nineteen, still accurate with the arm. He has a chance to play on Sundays, I think, as a late round pick. Um. But I think the one that kind of gets overshadowed in this whole game is O'Connell. O'Connell, if you actually watch him play, he's actually a pretty darn good quarterback. Yeah, uh, I wonder what happened to Plummer. I had to look into that. Because uh, I think he got hurt, man. Okay, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Because he was the starter at the beginning of the year. Well, this, this right kid, his QBR of 100, go for him. Yeah, one for one, 37 yards and a touchdown. Good for you, dude. <laughs> uh, so uh, just Wisconsin. Uh, so with, with Wisconsin winning – um, they play Minnesota next week, 
And that's actually going to determine who plays Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game is that one single game. So that'll add a lot of interest to that football game, I expect. One thing that's kind of popping up with Jonathan Taylor the past couple of weeks is fumbles. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, two fumbles he's a fumbling he machine. Yeah, he's got a case of the fumbles. Yeah, he, he had it against Nebraska. He was yeah, fumbling the saying. ball. That's why Nebraska was in that football game is, you know, for some one, reason. The black he had one fumble last up. week, and he has two this week. It's not yeah. looking, so I, I definitely think uh, – Got a case of the fumbles. Yep. Like, like it's a that. fucking sickness. All right. So Wisconsin, Minnesota, they're gonna settle the settle the West and then they'll, they'll go on to see who is gonna get destroyed by Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. So next game is uh Michigan on the road in Indiana. I had Indiana in this game. You took and Michigan. I had Michigan. Because Michigan yep. is a completely different team right now. I don't know if you because I think you're the one that, that posted the uh Facebook page post where Yeah, they're yeah, talking about dominant. Minnesota's just Michigan, Michigan, the just next level stats they've been putting up. They have been a good football team. Um, my reasoning of taking Indiana, like obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but looking at this game, I just saw Indiana at home and Indiana's been hot. I thought they could take it, but they couldn't even hang with them. At halftime, it was twenty one fourteen. I was like, here we go, and then Michigan with the eighteen points there in the third quarter and just kind of pulled away in this game and. Yeah, Shea, Shea Patterson coming in, 20-32, 366, five touchdowns, one interception, just dominant with a 93.6 QBR. Uh, then you have Hassan Has- Haskins. Oh, my bad, not, bad, not Hassan Haskins, but uh, Zach Charbonnet, eight carries, 46 yards. Haskins. Not really much of a, a ground attack for Michigan, though. Only no, 87 it, yards. And what they've been doing the past couple of weeks is they've just been – Shea Patterson has been lighting up defenses, and I think that's the key to him right now. Um, Nico Collins, six receptions, 165 yards with three touchdowns. Just an absolute beast out there. Uh, we're going to Indiana now. Uh, Peyton Ramsey, 17-29, 217, one interception, no touchdowns. Stevie Scott, the third, 13 carries, 54 yards, one touchdown. Uh, nothing really too impressive for Indiana. What uh, year is uh, Ramsey? Uh, if you want to go into something, I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Uh, the reason I ask is because, I mean, Ramsey has a lot of potential. Um, Indiana's ground game, uh, 13 carries, 54 yards from, from Scott the third. James had 28 yards. Uh, as a team, 97 yards. This was really – junior. He's a junior? Yeah, he's a junior. Yeah, I see him coming in next year and Indiana kind of being a force to be reckoned with. Um because I think Ramsey is actually going to be a pretty decent quarterback. He's had lights of – he's had showings of being a pretty damn good QB. Um, but, yeah, like I say, I mean, there, there's just no ground attack in this football game. This is kind of a different type of Big Ten game of it, – it was one through the air. It was literally on the shoulders of Ramsey and Patterson. And it was actually a fun game to watch. Um, I did watch up until Michigan went up, and then I flipped back to my big red. Yeah, I think I think this is – if Michigan keeps his momentum going, this Ohio State-Michigan game is going to actually be pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. I think it is going to be a good game. Um, I def- I'm definitely interested to watch it. I think we we're both going to agree on the outcome, but we'll get into that. All right, yeah. next game. You're, uh, this is this is what I expect when I see Big Ten football. Illinois-Iowa, 19-10, to 10, and it was literally one on a turnover. Uh, it, it was a good game. I had Illinois, I know. And I had Iowa. Yep. Yeah. I well. I, if I have a chance to pick against Iowa, I'm picking against Iowa. Fuck <laughs> Iowa. Uh, but what I will say is Illinois did. They're they're not 
Illinois of old. They, they are going to be a very good team here in the near future. Uh, that I mean, defense is exactly what you would expect from a Levy Smith defense. Uh, they, they they kept the ground game of Iowa in check, only allowing 79 yards on 32 carries and a long of 10. I mean, I think that speaks volumes to the type of defense you're putting out there that your longest run of the night of the day is going to be 10 yards and you're going to rely on Nate Stanley who's been shaky at best all season to win with his arm. And I think that's why there's only one touchdown on the day uh, on Iowa's side and it came on the ground. They just got in the red zone and they pounded it in with Goodson. Um, Nate Stanley was 18 to 35 for 308 yards with an interception. Uh, And then like, you know, I've already went over their rushing is only 79 yards. Um, Goodson had 38 Stanley had 22 as a QB. Um, and then Illinois, that, that Brandon Peter, is it Brandon or is it Brian? Let me see. Brandon. Is it Brandon? Yeah. yeah. Brandon Peters. Um, he's somebody else who I'm looking at next year in his senior year to come out big, um, as a dual threat. He was, he had 16 to 31 for 125 yards. He had the two interceptions, I think was kind of like the difference maker in this football game. Um, and then. Brandon Peters, again, 10 carries, 76 yards for a long of, of 37. So he was out there running on that Iowa defense who uh, it, it's not a defense to, to scoff at. It's actually a pretty damn good defense out there in Iowa. Uh, and we got um, for Iowa's receiving, we got Amir Smith, Marset with four receptions, 120 yard, 21 yards. Yeah, um, he, had, he had a lot of big catches. Yeah, it's out there dominating. But, yeah, um, Illinois is like one of those feel-good teams where, you know, you're not usually going to pick them, but you know when they're the underdog and win, you got to feel good for them. I think there's a lot more promise coming into next season for them, so I think it's be pretty exciting next year for them. I'm not saying they're going to be the Big Ten champion, but they're definitely going to be yeah, a force to be reckoned with like they are right now. They're yeah, nineteen nineteen to ten for Iowa. Yeah, Iowa. Fuck Iowa, dude. You know I'm not even covering them anymore because I I dude I hate Iowa so much. All right. And, no, I mean they're a good football team. Um, I, I think they're your prototypical nine and three, eight and four team every year. I don't think I think that's the ceiling for them. Call me crazy. I think that is. I mean Iowa has had its chance. They've been in the Rose Bowl. You know they've they've had their chance to take that next step. I just they're not going to make that next step anytime soon. Um, I think unpopular opinion they need a head coaching change out there if they want to take that next step to be dominant like you know they want to be a wisconsin or ohio state but i don't think they're going to get there so um, now we'll go into uh michigan state and Rutgers, where i chose Rutgers, yeah. and you chose michigan state yeah it's like my one win um <laughs> yeah i t- I, I mean I, I was basically betting on records there four and six or two and eight and i was like yeah four and six wins yeah so michigan state absolutely dominated them 27 nothing start to finish wasn't even a close game um, kind of put them away in the first half at 17 nothing, and then kind of rolled through the second half. Uh, Lower key, 21 to 30, 239 yards uh, for three touchdowns and a pick. Then um, the ground attack, Collins had 31 carries for 109 yards. Uh, Lower key, seven carries, 14 yards with the long of 16. So there's a couple sacks in there that he took. Uh, Michigan State as a team ran for 156 yards. Uh, White had 11 catches, 136 yards, and he had the three touchdowns on the day for uh, Michigan State. So it was uh, it was basically an offensive domination by Michigan State. And then this defense uh, held Rutgers QB Langland, uh, 8 of 20 for 57 yards, and they picked him off. Um, 
He was also their leading rusher, too. Yeah, he, th- that's literally the only bright spot of this Rutgers team. He had 14 carries, 49 yards, but the team only had 83 yards on the ground. And, you know, 57 yards through, through the air. I don't care if you're playing in the Big Ten or you're playing in the SEC, Big 12. I don't care. If you have 57 yards through the air, you're not going to win many football games, if, oh, if no. any. Um, so uh, They also just, had, they had a turnover. Um, they fumbled one. They picked one off. So that Michigan State defense kind of living up to their name in this game as the best defense in the nation. Uh, kind of whole, what is it? 57 plus 83 is 140. 140 total offensive yards for Rutgers. That's that Michigan State defense. That's what you expect from them. And, you know, they got, uh, they got Maryland next week who just got embarrassed on their home turf. Really excited to get into that one. But to, so, yeah, to get so bowl we'll, eligibility, so. So we'll go into some Rutgers news. Um, I, I look, I looked up the Greg Schiano thing because I hadn't heard anything. Um, turns out he's not heading to Rutgers because the uh, AD Pat Hobbs couldn't finalize a deal with Schiano. All right, put that in my picks because I picked that one right too that he wasn't going to Rutgers. So put that one as another win for Mark. But so there's a lot of the boosters and uh, season ticket holders are uh, pretty much canceling their tickets and canceling all the gifts and. Uh, donations that they have towards the school until they either fire Hobbs or get Shiano. It's kind of a big deal actually going on, even though it is a lonely Rutgers uh, with what they're going to do. A lot of emails and stuff like that going out to the university about firing uh, Pat Hobbs. Yeah, I mean, if you're an AD and you can't get the one head coach that you want to get, I mean, that's that's a real scorch. Especially and I mean, the one that brought you to the prom, like not the yeah. prom, but like brought you to like on the map again. Well, I mean, I, I think one thing that really gets lost is Rutgers. Rutgers is Rutgers. Uh, they're, they're not a college football powerhouse, but people also seem to forget that Rutgers is the birthplace of college football. It's a place it where is. the very first college football game was ever held. So for them to be good, I think would be really good for uh, college football in a whole if they were yeah. good. And then, I mean, it just bolsters up the Big Ten. And then uh, second thing, do you think Michigan State gets rid of their head coach this year? Because I'm hearing a lot of talk about that on a lot of different uh, radio shows and stuff like that. I don't think they do, but... I just want to hear your opinion on it. No, I, I don't think so. I, I think D'Antonio. Actually, as you said that, I just pulled it up. It says he plans to return as Spartans head coach. You, you don't fire Mike D'Antonio. I mean, if if you're going to have a bad or Mark D'Antonio, if Mike D'Antonio is a head coach, um, but if you're going to be a head coach that long in any kind of program, you, you're going to have bad years. And, I mean, they're, they're still going to make a bowl game this year because they're going to beat the crap out of Maryland next week. Um, plus, it's at home. So, I mean, they're going to make a bowl game. They're, they're going to make, like, the Capital One ESPN any given Saturday bowl or something like that. They're, they're not going to make a good bowl game. But, I mean, the, any chance that you get a team to go bowling and you get those extra practices, you're, you're just going to improve your football team. Uh, so, no, he comes back next, next year. Long, long right. story short, he comes back. All right. So now we're going to your game. Yeah, boy. My big red. 54 to 7 on Maryland. And from start to finish, this was the first game that I actually watched Nebraska play this year that we took a big lead. We had a lead in the first quarter and second quarter. At halftime it was 34 to nothing. And I remember I was sitting on my on my couch, I was watching the game. And I was like, we have to put our foot on their neck or else Maryland's going to climb back into this game. And sure enough, Scott Frost came out and put his foot on Maryland's neck. 
And it wasn't just our offense that looked good. Our offense looked amazing. Our offense looked like what I expected our offense to look like all year. But our defense, our defense held them just north of 200 yards total offensive. And that leak run, that 58-yard run, was against our third-team defense. So you take that 58-yard run out, we held them underneath 200 yards. uh, And we outrushed them. So they had 149 yards. Our quarterbacks had 177. So did did Luke McCaffrey play receiver this game? Yeah, he did. So because they, had, I saw a tweet and I retweeted it that they had, they had said he was warming up for receiver. Yeah. So the reason is is because uh, Noah and uh, Wandale Robinson didn't make the trip. Those are two of our top receivers underneath J.D. Spielman. He, they didn't make the trip to Maryland, and so we were short on wide receivers. And so Luke, still he can still play the Iowa game. He can be in the Iowa game and be part of the offense and still maintain his red shirt. Uh, so Scott put him out there, said, hey, you're going to play receiver. He killed it as a receiver. He ran good routes. He had a catch for 12 yards. And then when we were up there in the midway through the third quarter, Scott was like, all right, Luke, take snaps. And if you look at his at his stats for Luke, I'll get into Adrian's stats here in a second. Um, but Luke was three for five for 32 yards. He only threw five passes. Then you go down and look at his rushing, and it was 10 carries, 83 yards. Every time this dude touched the ball, he was getting a first down. He ran the offense more efficiently than Adrian ran it, like, all year. Like, the way Luke ran that offense is the way that I think Nebraska should run their offense. Is your pizza burning right now? I think so. But I got really excited. (laughs) All right. All right. Pizza smells good. All right. So, Luke McCaffrey ran the offense really well. Um as far as receiving, J.D. Spielman actually uh, became the third or fourth. Is the third highest uh, receiving wide receiver in Nebraska football history past Johnny Rogers on Saturday. It's also his eighth game over 100, 100 yards, uh, so he just kind of cemented himself in Nebraska history. And then Adrian. Last week against Wisconsin, Adrian Martinez – was kind of like who we expected. That's who we needed. That was the guy that had the Heisman hopes, and he had all this stuff going on him about he was going to be in contention for the Heisman. Scott Frost was going to get him going, and he was going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the nation, possibly the best in the Big Ten. And all year he's kind of looked like he's been playing behind the eight ball, and then uh, Wisconsin game he looked really well, kept us in the game for most of it until the end when they pulled away. And then in this game – his decision-making was absolutely incredible. The one interception that he threw was off his back foot. Uh, Jack Stahl was, was coming across uh, coming across a formation and threw the ball into the end zone and was picked off for a touchback. So just a poor decision. He admitted to it. He was like, I was just I was trying to do too much on that play. And then he had 10 carries for 94 yards uh, for a touchdown and for 30 yards. So, um it's just all around a feel-good story for the day. Nebraska got a big win, got some confidence going into the Iowa game. Uh, Ramir Johnson uh, got his first touchdown. Uh, he's a true freshman, again, playing under a red shirt like Luke McCaffrey, and Luke McCaffrey got his first touchdown today. So it was it was a very good game. It was fun to watch. It was the least stressful Nebraska game I think I've watched in like three years because we, we won out of the gate and just kept our foot on their throats and put them down. And then <clears> – <throat> 
our defense, the black shirts, we recovered four fumbles, turned the ball over for four fumbles. Um, the only thing we didn't have was an interception, which I was looking for. We actually, there was three balls that went through defenders' hands, including Lamar Jackson, uh, J.J. Domon, and uh, what's his name? Will Honus. All balls went through their hands. Uh, we were sacking them. It was a sack party. We sacked the... Uh, six times they put in four quarterbacks through the game so it maryland was just they were not there they maryland did not show up to play nebraska showed up to play and i think it's a big win because it's going to give us confidence going into the iowa game and to make us bowl eligible and if we get bowl eligibility and michigan state does that means 10 out of the 14 big 10 teams are going to a bowl game that's absolutely impressive there's not 10 teams in the big 10 there's 14 teams yeah in the big 10 why isn't it the big 14 then I don't know. Why is the Pac-12 called the Pac-12 and there's 14 teams in there? There's 12 teams in the Pac-12. There's 14. There's 12. Oh, my God, dude. I hate being right all the goddamn time. <laughs> You're wrong really as hell. It's 12 teams. No. That's why it's the Pac-12. That's why it used to be the Pac-8 and then the Pac-10, and now it's the Pac-12. Because Utah and Colorado joined it to make it the Pac-12. One, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh, wow, that's like women's basketball. Hold on. Shout it's out. 12 teams. That's why it's the Pac-12. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Who left? No one left. It's been the Pac-12. That's why I say it. They just gain people. Every time they gain people, that's when they add a number to the Oh, point. I'm thinking of the Big 12. My bad. Because the Big 12 only has 10 teams. And then... Yeah, you can just listen to the no, Pac-12. The big t- no, the Big 12 has 10 teams. And the Big Ten has, I think, twelve or fourteen teams. So yeah, it's. I don't know. We just, they just didn't change it because it's the Big Ten. All right, fuck you. Are uh, oh, you just you know listen to what I say and? No, nah, I'll never listen. Me. I I just love arguing with you. So it's <laughs> literally what makes our friendship work. Yeah, so, but you're terrible at it. Well, I never said I was good at it. I just enjoyed doing <laughs> it. All right, fifty four seven. Go Big Red. Nebraska finally wins. I'm super excited. I cannot wait to get into this. That's, the, ver- game. that's the first time they won. Since we've done the podcast. Yeah, that's why I said at the very beginning it was a monumental day for the Any Given Saturday podcast. is Because I so finally now, get to now, talk about a Nebraska win. <laughs> and I get to talk about my second team winning when we get into the Pac-12. Really excited about that one, too. Now we'll go into the Ohio State Buckeyes versus the Please Penn State. show me you at least listened to this game. Uh, I did not. Why? I watched the beginning of it, like maybe a few minutes. I was on the road the whole time, man. Yeah, we yeah, have serious XM radio. Yeah, but it was playing like, like I said, ESPN, it's like the goal line where it plays like freaking Texas S&T versus freaking Wyoming. I just don't. I, I don't think you know how to use your shit. No, it's just that's how it works. It plays the games that have no meaning, and then it leaves out the games that do have meaning. Whatever. I listened to, actually, actually yes, I did. I did listen to the beginning of this. I did not watch it. I listened to the beginning mm-hmm. of this. And then. Well, we I watched st- it. And, and what I can tell USC you. And started playing. Huh? And then USC started playing, um, I think, like an hour or so into this one. Yeah, yeah, they They actually had an early game. But I can tell you I watched this game. And let me ask you a question. So we have, we have talked all, week, or all, all year on this podcast that Ohio State is the most complete team in the NCAA. But did you see the line on this game before kickoff at Caesars? It was 20 points. Oh, for the spread? The spread. The spread was oh, 20 yeah, points on this game. <laughs> they would have hit it, too, had Penn State not rallied. 
uh, in the third quarter. Disrespectful as fuck to Penn State, man. Like 20 points, you're the number eight team in the nation. I get you're at home. I get it's Ohio State, but 20 points? You want to talk I about disrespect? And I, I think that was one of the most disrespectful things I've ever seen. If you're a bookkeeper in Vegas, fuck you, man. Penn State's way better than a 20-point spread on Ohio State. Like th- these games. I mean, the first two quarters, they, uh, the first half, they, Penn State did not look 14 like they were going to score. It was 14-0. Then- but I will say this. I ask that is because, I mean, the game ended up being an 11-point spread, but there was not a millisecond in this game that I was watching it that I thought Penn State had a chance to win. And I'm talking when it was 21-17 going into the fourth quarter. I was like, there's no there's no way. Ohio State's going to win this football game. They just dominated the entire game. Justin Fields, Georgia, you're stupid. Uh, Justin Fields looked Absolutely incredible. Yeah, Jake like, Fromm is absolute trash. I don't know why they – even Jacob Easton. I mean, Easton's not, like, great by any means. But why did they – I mean, I get Jake Fromm almost won a national championship. But, I mean, it's Justin Fields. Like, everyone Kirby knew Smart, Justin Fields was going to be good. Kirby Smart is just an average coach. That's what he is. He's just an average coach. But he plays in the SEC, and he gets recruits because he's in the South. So, people think he's this excellent coach. He's not this excellent coach. He doesn't win big games. No. And he obviously can't find the best QB. In no, the I, I, you're, you're going to let Justin Fields walk from your program. And if Justin Fields is at Georgia, we're talking about Georgia being the number one team in the nation, I think. Oh, yeah. I think Justin Fields. Georgia's defense is absolutely amazing. amazing. The yeah. rushing attack is amazing. Like, it's literally just the QB play that sucks. And yeah. so we'll go, we'll go into stats here. Uh, Sean Clifford, 10 to 17, 71 yards, uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He went down. He got hurt, like a, yeah. Yeah, it looked like yeah, a he got hurt injury. pretty bad. Uh, he still completed the pass, though. So, hey, props to him. I don't know if you saw that. But uh, then Will Levis came in. Looked like an absolute animal, though, when he was running the ball. Uh, yeah. 6 of 11, 57 yards, one interception. Uh But, yeah, he that Will Levis came in, and I saw the highlights of that, and he just looked like a straight – beast like he had one desire and that was to score and that's why he yeah i mean if you want to see the domination of this game by ohio state just look at the total yards so passing 128 for penn state 188 for ohio state rushing penn state had 99 ohio state had 229 jk dobbins and justin fields i mean and it wasn't even like big runs you know 22 and 22 is a long for both of them but they had 36 carries and 21 carries the game was played in the rain so you're gonna run the football a lot um and then yeah. fumbles. Justin Fields lost two fumbles. J.K. Dobbins lost one. So Ohio State turned the football over, kept Penn State in this football game. I think it's – I had to look it up. I think this is the first time this year that Ohio State has lost the turnover margin. No, they lost the turnover margin bad. Uh, yeah. I think they lost it, what, three three to one? Yeah, three to one. Um, and then I think this is a big statement from Chase Young. Uh, it literally seemed like any time that he wanted to get a sack, he'd just wave his little magic wand and he'd get a sack. Like, oh, it was that easy. He's following that, actually. Not yeah, so he had, he had three sacks and four tackles for loss, and I think even missing those two games, Chase Young still goes to New York, and I think he has a strong case to win the Heisman. He actually broke the Ohio State record for, season, for sacks in a season. And, and missed those two, games. two games. And they and weren't even games. Like game, if he was in those games, he would have had three, four sacks per game. Yeah, he just needs six more for the Big Ten record in a single season. He missed, he missed what? The Maryland game and uh, Minnesota. No, not Minnesota. Um, no, not Minnesota. It was it was Maryland because I knew that they won like sixty six to three or something. Rutgers. Like Rutgers. Yeah, yep. Rutgers 
And Maryland, can you imagine Chase Young, what his stats would be if he's he was in those two games? Like, I don't know why we didn't talk about him sooner, but he, yeah, he is just a beast. Uh, he definitely needs to be in the Heisman contention like Ndamuk and Sue was back in the day. Yeah. Because he is a beast. Um, I think the biggest thing that's going to get him into New York is how he performs in the Big Ten Championship game. When he performs on the big stage there, the game is right before the ceremony. So, because uh, that's what happened with the Dominican Sioux. That's why he was in New York. Is the Big 12 championship game, he absolutely destroyed Colt McCoy in that Mac Brown offense and had three and a half sacks in the Big in the Big 12 championship game and almost put Nebraska in, in the Rose Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I think I think the uh, the biggest thing with uh, Chase Young is I don't know why Penn State was doing it, but they just kept pinning him on on one on one blocks like they wouldn't double team him it didn't seem like so every time he got a tackle for launch or a sack i don't know if you watch it but yeah that um tackle on the outside just could not do anything because chase young's just a freaking no, beast. I, you can i don't know why they kept doing that chase young reminds me a lot of adam can sue because you can double team him and he's still gonna get to the quarterback yeah, they weren't even double teaming him. That's what I'm saying. He would. No, I, yeah. Was, well, I mean, you have other people on that team that you got to look out for. I mean, Harrison had two tackles for loss. Browning had two and a half set or two and a half tackles for yeah, loss. Yeah, none of them are in the Heisman contention. No, but like. I mean, you double team up Chase Young. Yeah, you're going to stop his production, but then you're going to have Harrison and Browning coming in and destroying your QB. That's that's the thing. That's why I say Ohio State. I remember watching this game, and I think it was in the third quarter. Even when Penn State was making that surge, and my wife came. Uh, she was leaving for work, and she asked me. She was like, uh, "He." She was like, "Well, why are you watching this game?" I was like, "Because I like watching the national champion play." Because I'll say it right now, Ohio State's winning the national championship. There isn't a team on this earth that can compete with this year's Ohio State. Every single position, all twenty-two players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball will play on Sunday. They will play at some point in an NFL football game. Like there is no weak point in this Ohio State football team. Zero. So you you want to do the uh, predictions now? So we can get into Pac-12? Okay, yeah. Well, we'll just cut that one short. All right, yeah. Let's, well, I mean, what do you no, let's get into Ohio it. States. Rivalry week. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's, let's, Ohio State. I mean, I know you're excited team. to get to the Pac-12. You have a lot of news. I'm excited to get in because there's a huge upset. Um, so. I think Ohio State wins the national championship like you do. I, just, I, I don't see anyone contending with Ohio State. You just okay. can't. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a I want I want to I want to see them put two SEC teams in there and I want Ohio State to be both of them so the SEC can get off of the fucking no I don't want I still don't want to see I we'll get into I don't that. I don't I don't want to see them do I that don't. too but it, I, it's I not going to happen there's no way if, if Ohio State mollywops them then they can finally it's not going to happen they, they, State, I'll, I'll get into mollywop them no 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 I'm saying there's not going to be two SEC teams it's not going to happen there's no way it's impossible to do it there would have to be a major breakdown in the Big Ten and Pac-12. And we'll get into that. But let's get into... Okay, I, you act like I, I don't agree. I agree with you 100%. I'm just saying I think it would be awesome if they put them in there and they both played Ohio State and got mollywopped. So you're like overlooking the fact of what I'm saying. If Ohio State mollywops two SEC teams, not just one, but two, your top two teams, then there's nothing you can talk about with the SEC. You can finally stop putting them in two teams yeah. in the college football playoff rankings. No, I agree. If, if they do. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Okay. All I'm right. not saying I want them to pit two teams in. God, no. I want them to pit them in just so Ohio State can mollywop them. Yeah. No, it doesn't matter if it's LSU on a good day or if it's Alabama on a good day or Georgia or Tennessee or whoever the fuck they want to put in there up against Ohio State. Ohio State's going to destroy them before halftime. All right, predictions. This is your last chance. This is literally your last chance. Do you want to go to the Iowa-Nebraska game? No, I can't. Jesus Christ. Okay. So, uh, so we'll – Iowa-Nebraska is the first one. 
Is it? It is. It's on Friday, Black Friday. And they're playing in Lincoln too, huh? In Lincoln, it's going to be raining, 43 degrees. Tickets as low as $68. Who you got, man? I got to go with Nebraska, man. Yeah, drink the Kool-Aid, baby. Go Big Red. Yeah, I'm taking Nebraska. I'm taking Nebraska all day. I'm taking Nebraska. Hey, we got the Lions. Hey, look at that. Since we're recording on Monday, we got Lions. I know. I kind of like this, to be honest with you. What, doing it Monday afternoons? Yeah, because it kind of lets us keep up with the news and everything. But, I mean, yeah. I, 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 well, I, like I think, well, I mean, we only have two more. But, anyway, uh, Iowa's favored by six points. Um, I'm taking them in the road. I'm taking Nebraska, not just to cover, but to win outright. I'm taking them all the way. We're going bowling. If, if, it, were to be, if it were to be at, uh, at Stanley Stadium, right, is what it's called? Or Kinnick. Kinnick Connect. Stadium. If it, if, it, if it would have been at Connect Stadium, I probably would have taken Iowa. But I'd still take Nebraska. It's in Lincoln. Nebraska is yep. coming off a really good win. Yep. We're, we're also going to get Noah and possibly Wendell Robinson back. We just found out Luke McCaffrey is eligible to play against Iowa. I just I don't think Iowa can keep up. Iowa's a, a grinded out team. I think I we tear I apart think, that defense. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think it's going to be a close one, but I don't think Iowa wins. I think we win by. Uh, I think we win by ten. That's still close. I'll take that. All right. So let's skip the big game. Uh, Northwestern, Illinois. Uh, it's in Champaign. Illinois is favored by 10 points. Tickets is only $6. Who you got? I'm going, I'm going to Illinois. Illinois. Northwestern, 2 and 10. Might make a bowl game, though. You never know. All right. Indiana, Purdue. You chose Illinois? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Indiana, Purdue, and West Lafayette. This is actually a really underrated game right here. In state rivals. Well, not only that, but this is a game of pretty much the passing attack against each other, so it could be yep. a uh, the two quarterbacks I'm really excited about. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with Indiana. Yeah, I'm going to Indiana all day. All Indiana. right, we're both taking Penn State. Let's be real. All right, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Who do they play? Rutgers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're both taking Penn State. Let's be real. Uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota battle for the Big Ten West. I think this is where our picks will differ. I'm rolling the boat, baby. Uh, yeah. Figured you would. I'm taking the ground attack. I'm taking Wisconsin on the road. Tickets as low as $239. Jesus. Where are they playing at? Are they playing at Minnesota? Or are they yeah. Minnesota? T- Minnesota, like that's people's life savings up there in that godforsaken <laughs> state, dude. Yeah, I think Minnesota comes out on top. I think it's going to be a really good one, though. It's going to be an amazing game, but I got Wisconsin. Wisconsin. I, mean, I, I guess the only thing that worries me about Minnesota is if um, – Man, who did, they lose? They lost to Iowa, didn't they? Minnesota, uh, Minnesota? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they lost to Iowa if, on the road. I think if the defense comes out and plays like they did against Iowa, then yeah, Wisconsin's going to run away easily, especially with Jonathan Taylor with the ball. But I think they come out, they got knocked down. Now they're on the way up. I think Minnesota's going to take it. Here's my reason: it's a big game, right? Oh, I mean, game. it's this is basically like huge. It, it, it's, I mean, you could honestly say Minnesota. And this is this is kind of foreshadowing into our college football playoff projections. But Minnesota wins this game; they win the Big Ten championship. They're in the college football playoff. So you got to think they're almost in like a the big dance in NCAA basketball for them. It starts this Saturday against Wisconsin because they got to beat Wisconsin. Then they got to beat Ohio State. Then they got to win that first round of the college football playoff to play for a national championship. I just got an email: Iowa Hawkeyes at Nebraska, vivid seats. They're telling me don't miss out on my chance. <laughs> Am I ignoring the I, email? You, you make it sound like I'm the one that's been negotiating to not go. I, I had everything set up. 
had all my plans set, and then you're like, "Oh no, we're going to Texas. I'm not going to be in." We uh, were going to go to Texas, yeah, but well, my wife, blew your my jams. wife ended up saying, "No, you should go to this game because we started this podcast." So, any uh, what's the uh, any more games for the Big Ten? Or yeah, Maryland, Michigan State, and then the big game, the big. Uh, I'm, go- I'm going Michigan State. Yeah, I'm taking Michigan State. <laughs> Michigan State goes bowling. Hey, did you lock in my pick for Wisconsin, right? Yeah. All right, cool. All I right. You for Nebraska, Illinois, Indiana, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, I'm going undefeated. All right, Ohio State, Michigan, in Ann Arbor. Tickets as uh, low as 143. Yeah, Ohio State. I'm taking Ohio State to cover an eight-and-a-half point spread. Eight-and-a-half. Michigan is getting more respect than Penn State. What kind of bullshit is that, dude? Eight-and-a-half points, but they had a 20-point spread against Penn State. Get the fuck out of here. All right, what's next? That's it. That's the Big Ten. Oh wow, that's the Big Ten. All right, I'm that's it, dude. Yeah. So you want to you want to cover your uh, your second team first, or you want to skip them and go down the line? Oh no, oh no, uh, I'm covering first, it. They, I'm covering it, baby. Arizona right, State knocking Oregon down at home. Carmen Edwards doesn't give a shit about Pac-12 having a playoff team. What? <laughs> they still got one. Um, but well, they do, I, but Oregon was like the shoe in easily if they would win out the season. Utah is ranked one. I mean, when the college football playoff comes out, Utah is going to be ranked six or five. I guarantee it. Oh, they should be ranked six because Oregon's ranked six right now. Uh, I think they'll be pushed up to five, and we'll go over that. Circle back to it. Put it in your little notes that we're coming back to the college football playoff. <laughs> All right. Arizona State, 31-28 in Tempe. I had a lot of family. I was watching this game because, as you know, I, I lived in Phoenix for, for five years. I had some friends at the game. They said it was an electric atmosphere. Oh, well, yeah, they rushed the field afterwards. It's going to be electric. Well, yeah, you're going to rush a field. You beat the sixth team in the nation. You're a 5-5 five yeah, five football team. That's what I'm saying, though. It's, it's going to be electric because yeah. they start off the game strong. There was no reason to not get electric. Yeah, it, it was it was an amazing atmosphere. And Jaden Daniels, 22-32, 408 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. One thing I will say is he, I mean, because Keaton Slovis is probably going to take the true freshman QB of the year, but Jaden Daniels is easily a second choice for true freshman QB of the year because this kid is absolutely yeah, in his veins. He is doesn't good. get phased by anything just like Keaton doesn't and just keeps driving. Did Has you it, see that touchdown pass to win the game? That shit was crazy. It was like third and 14. And he just. No, I actually, I fell asleep because this game was pretty late and I got back. I, got, I actually gotten back. Turned this game on, ate, went upstairs, and then fell asleep. And I woke up to the end of it when they were celebrating, so I was able to watch the other game. Oh, no. So it was like third and 12, third and I watched th- most of it. Yeah, it was like third and 12, third and 13 or something like that. And Oregon was up. They're, they were up 28, 24, was it? Let me see. I'm trying to do just some quick math here. Yeah, 28, 24. And they said... Uh, Herm Edwards, he said that uh, he told uh, Jaden, can you go out and throw a touchdown? And he's like, yeah, I got you. Goes out and throws a touchdown pass, and it was just – when you talk about ice in the veins, like that kid, he even he even like did like the point to his wrist thing, like he's shooting heroin or something. So, If you watch him in the game, he, just, he it's like uh, Darby, the receiver for them. Yeah. He's just smiling, enjoying the time. Like nothing really phases him. He just – He's a crappy offensive line, and he's just out there lighting it up like it's nothing. Yep. So, did you finally see that Justin Herbert is not the, as highly rated as he should be, or as as he's, he's overrated than what he what he really is? Nah, I still think he's one of the better quarterbacks in the nation. And he had a bad game. I mean, 
That's how he plays all the 20 time. 20 and 36, 304 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I think he is a. I think he is one of the better quarterbacks. I just don't think he is the best quarterback. No, no, I no. I think I redacted that statement like two weeks ago because I was I was high on Justin uh, Justin Herbert, but then you know Justin Fields and uh, old boy from LSU. What's his fucking Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. You got like Joe I, Burrow. Two attack over. Nah, two is overrated. But I mean, those, I mean, those quarterbacks definitely are better than him. Uh, so I I I would even say in this game. I, the numbers don't lie. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels is better than him. Better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. One thing I know, so Jaden Daniels' numbers is 22-32, 408, three touchdowns, 77.7 QBR. Um, Eno Benjamin looking like a beast, 31 carries, 114 yards. Um, then Jaden Daniels, eight carries, 10 yards. Oh, here, here, here. And then. Uh, so here, here's that touchdown. Down the sideline. Caught Holy it. Holy cow. Yeah, dude, just a beautiful throw. If you guys saw it, it wasn't – it was 24-21 in the fourth quarter. Oregon was making a run at them, and – Yeah, then uh, – He threw the touchdown, kind of salted the game away. Oregon came down, scored a touchdown, and then ASU got the ball back, got a first down, took some knees, and called it a ball game. Yeah, and then Brandon Ayuk, the uh, famous special teams returner for them and receiver, uh, seven receptions, 161 yards. Right. One touchdown, and then uh, Frank Darby four receptions, 125 yards, two touchdowns. Darby's a really good, feel good case. Um, just an awesome dude. Didn't have the the best upbringing, but always smiling, always having a good time, just like Jaden Daniels. And so to see those two dudes out there balling, it's pretty awesome. See, and you, you talk about just like having fun and smiling. And I don't know if you got to watch the Showtime special on ASU. Uh, they did no. like a 60 minute. That was HBO special. Or HBO, yeah, my yeah. bad. Um, where they followed ASU football for a week right before the Washington State game. And you look at those kids and you look at who they are. And Herm Edwards has just created a program where kids can come have fun playing the game of college football. And it's almost like they don't take themselves too seriously. I know they're a 6-5 and five football team, but I think they're a better football team than their, their record indicates. Um, and well, that's what happens when you have Marvin Lewis helping you out. Jesus Christ, dude, get off of Marvin Lewis's nuts, man! You hate that dude. You literally hate that. He's dude. terrible. He's, he's a terrible, terrible coach. No, he's not. No, he's not. How many playoffs games have he? How many playoff games has he ever won? How many games has Cincinnati won since he left? Okay, okay. He's, he, he was an eight. He was a playoff football team. He had that same. He never. Won he a had that game. same football team in Cincinnati in the playoffs. I can't even win a fucking football game. Except against, uh, did they beat the Steelers? I don't know. Anyway, but Marvin Lewis is a good coach. I, I, I coach. give credit to Marvin Lewis. He's not an elite coach. He's not Bill Belichick or Tony Dungy by any case. I, I most, I but he's good. He's, okay he's good. If he came he's to Arizona, okay I wouldn't be upset. If he came to the Cardinals, which might be happening, I would not be upset. I would because you know your team's definitely not going to make the playoffs. Dude. So anyways, so. Oh, my God, dude. So, uh, Justin Herbert, we already went over his stats, 20-36, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Yeah. Ver- C.J. Verdell, 18 carries, 99 yards. Actually, th- this game, too, um, Jaden Daniels passes Carpenter for freshman passing yards. Freshman quarterback of the year. I, I, I got to give the nod to Jaden Daniels, especially after this one. Nah, I- All right, get into the Utah-Arizona game. I want some pizza. Okay, there's one last thing for the Arizona State game. Uh, Jack Jones... Got an interception on this game. USC transfer. Uh, I, 
And now we'll get into Utah, Arizona. Utah just, yet again, the most dominant team in the Pac-12. Um, Tyler Huntley for Heisman because he's one of the most efficient QBs in the nation. 19-23, uh, 2-11, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Zach Moss had a career game for most rushing yards in his career with 26 carries, 203 yards, one touchdown. And then uh, Bradley and I, just records all around for this team. Uh, just needs one more sack to become the Utah's all-time sack leader. And if you've followed Utah football for a few years or longer than that, you know it's a pretty big milestone because there's been a lot of, lot of good uh, defensive players that have come out of Utah. And for him to get, need one more sack to be the all-time leader in it is a pretty big deal. And then we have uh, Arizona stats with Grant Gannon, 8 of 16, 96 yards, no touchdowns, no Interceptions, Cleo Tate, 6 of 11, 39 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Um, Arizona's only touchdown actually came in garbage time. Um, it looked like Grant Gannon was going to get absolutely obliterated by this Utah secondary when he was running in, and then they just kind of let him in because it was garbage time. Yeah. Uh, U of A sucks. Then J.J. Taylor, 10 carries, 33 yards, pretty bad. Um yeah, just not, nothing really too positive come out of here for Arizona, but Utah is just going to keep it rolling. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't see anyone stopping them, uh, Colorado or Oregon, in the next two games. Uh, that, maybe USC? Oh, it, I'm, no, it, the USC will only take that spot if, they, if Utah loses to Colorado. Oh, they're – okay. Yeah, so, so Oregon's Utah's, in. Yeah, your, Oregon's already solidified. They're the north because Washington is actually god-awful. But – um. Yeah, it should be, should be right. interesting. Then well, we got a big win for Utah. Utah is now the only team that can save the Pac-12. So, yeah, and I I would love to see them go against one of the one of the Clemson's or. Oh, I think they beat Clemson. Yeah, that that defensive line, defense in general, is yeah. absolutely ridiculous. It'd be the best team Clemson's seen in a few years. Yeah, so now we'll go into the Crosstown rivalry for the Victory Bell. The red and blue game. No, no, wait, yeah, UCLA-USC, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the red and blue game. So uh, the score really doesn't uh, reflect how well Dorian Thompson-Robinson was actually doing. He actually looked pretty good in this game. Um, He had UCLA's quarterback, uh, 26 completions 44 attempts 367 yards three touchdowns one interception then he had 16 rushes for 64 yards uh, i think the biggest thing in this game is that joshua kelly only got hold held to 45 yards on um, he gets some more yards and it's definitely a lot closer than what it is with usc coming out top 30 or my bad 52 to 35 um then we got uh devin i Asiasi with five receptions, 141 yards. He was pretty much keeping the team alive, especially at the end with the uh, fourth down conversion and everything. He had one touchdown. Uh, Kyle Phillips, 12 receptions, 123 yards. Now we're going to USC with Keaton Slovis, 37-47, 515 yards and four touchdowns. He actually has the most um, passing yards of any USC QB ever. He broke that record this game. 
Wow. Well, just for a single game, not for overall, just for a single game. Oh, uh, I was about to say, that's a lot of people to pass. <laughs> it's Matt Liner. Well, it's a lot of people to pass Carson regardless. I, I think, I think uh, yeah, Matt Barkley had the record before, and it was like at 430 or something like that. So he got 515. So he Damn. delivered the record. But um, Stephen Carr and Vine, Matt Payai both backed this game, so that was pretty helpful for the rushing attack. Carr had 11 carries, 87 yards, one touchdown. Then Malapaya had 10 carries, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. Now let's get into the milestone that USC set this game. Uh, Drake London, eight receptions, 142 yards. That's one receiver. Amon Rossi Brown, eight receptions, 128 yards, two receivers. Tyler Vaughn, six receptions, 106 yards, three receivers. And then Michael Pittman Jr., the amazing senior for this team, 13 receptions, 104 yards. That's four receivers with a hot, over 100 yards receiving. That's what that's happens only, when you quarterback those 500 yards. I mean, Jesus. That's the, that's, that's the second time it's ever happened in the college football era. And the other time it happened was when the offensive coordinator for USC, Graham uh, Harrell, was a backup for Texas Tech. Oh, wow. So he's been a part of both of them. Good for um, him. Yeah. Talavu Funga and Isaiah Palmau, uh, two safeties for USC, leading the team in tackles this game. Also, John Houston. Um Gets seven tackles to make it 100 total tackles on the year. Uh, I think there's only like three or four Trojans that have done that before him, so that's actually pretty neat. And then Isaac, Isaac Taylor Stewart getting his first interception of the year. What, um, your head coach today? Uh, as of right now, yeah, he's staying. Um, no news has come out. I don't know what's going to happen with that. We'll see. He's staying. Uh, you're nationally ranked. You beat UCLA. You're eight and four, seven and two in the conference. Sorry, buddy. You're stuck with them another year. I, I just I think what's gonna happen if they keep them that they're gonna they're gonna lose a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we'll see we'll see how this goes. I think they're he's staying. We we should know no we should know more by the uh, next podcast. Hey, depending on he's staying, bro. I'm sorry, you guys are second in your division. You guys still have a shot to go play for the Pac-12. I'm sorry, you guys. You guys are stuck with them. Have fun. You guys dropped. Okay, look at the look at the games you guys have lost. All right, we're only nationally ranked because of uh, you lost to Utah B- and Oregon, though. You lost to BYU, you lost to Washington, and you've lost to Notre Dame. Yeah, we've since we then, and then Oregon. So three out of those four games, your opponent was nationally ranked. You're stuck with him. I'm sorry, yeah. you're stuck with him. He's, I mean, if he does stay this year, he's gone next year. Like he's not staying much longer. Okay, but when he and he stays next year, and he wins the Pac-12, you're stuck with them again. You guys have too much talent there. <clears throat> yeah, and they went eight and four. I guess this. I feel like I could coach at USC. I really do. I think I'd there's be o- right. there's only there's only one team that beat him. Other than now, there's two teams because of uh, engage eight every time. I, I can't remember who, but it's one of the teams. But there's only two teams that they played that beat them that had a winning record. There's only two teams that they played, I think, that had a winning record mm-hmm. that they beat. So, pretty pathetic. And now we'll go into the Cal Golden Bears and the Stanford Cardinal. Let me ask you a question. What? Yeah, you're more versed in Pac-12. What's up with the two students just staring at each other holding the axe in this game? Do they do that the whole game? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't really know much about the axe when it comes to the Bears and the Cardinals and the Cardinal, but uh, Stanford Cardinals, but... Uh, 
From my understanding, yeah, they just it's the stare. I don't know if you saw too, but when they when the Bears got the axe back, they ran with it like retards, and one of the chicks like cut her neck open. What a goober! Yeah, what you didn't a see the goober. photo of that? No, I I saw uh, I saw them trip and fall, and I was laughing. I was like, what a retard! But yeah, so I didn't know she cut her neck open. Yeah, so the the college Twitter who gives college kids a sharp ass axe to run with? <laughs> Talk to the administration <laughs> at Cal. What the fuck? Yeah, you goober. The, the only reason the only reason I know about this is because uh, the Cal's Twitter posted the photos of them. Dude, I gotta see this. They, All right, let's see. Uh, I'm gonna Google. Yeah, dumb bitch cuts her neck open. All right. But uh, no, because Cal post, Cal's Twitter posted the photos of them doing the stare down, and then you could see the the giant mark on her neck, like just spliced open. I just thought it was funny, but yeah, Cal comes out on top at the very last second. Uh, I think one thing we can agree on with this is Chase Garbers is probably the best QB, and that Cal can have because when he's in there, they look way better and they're actually contending. Uh, given Stanford is an awful team this year. But Chase Garbers, 20 of 30, 285, uh, one touchdown, no interceptions. And then he had this the run to seal the game with, with 13 carries, 72 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Christopher Brown, 18 carries, 55 yards, one touchdown. And then Nico Remigio, nine receptions, 157 yards, one touchdown receiving for Cal. Um, now we'll go into Stanford stats. Davis Mills, 26 of 35, 283, one touchdown, two interceptions. Cameron Scarlett, 12 carries, 31 yards. Cal's rushing attack has just been god-awful this year, and I think that's been the biggest downfall for them. Um, yeah, this Cal defense has just looked awesome for most of the year. Uh, Evan Weaver leading the team in tackles with 13 total tackles, seven solo. I think he has like 103 or 105 tackles total this year. Just an absolute monster. And he's a finalist for the Buckus Award, too. Dick Buckus. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's Cal and Stanford. Not, nothing really too exciting other than. I mean, it was a good game. I watched it. It was. Chase Garbers, I mean, he got to live out pretty much every college kid's fantasy is to get the winning touchdown in the fourth quarter so i mean good for him i mean he probably got a blowy over it all right next game Washington. he's only a sophomore too so he's got two more years with cal yeah cool i bet you they'll be six and six next year again all right oregon state washington state get into this i didn't watch it so i i didn't get to watch either because it's a pac-12 network but i got to follow it and then um if it would ever load all right well my Computers take a shit on me. You gonna help me with this pizza? Yeah, I'll help you. All right, thank God. To some degree, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Oregon State mounting a comeback at the very end. Uh, coming back, twenty nine points in the fourth quarter. Twenty nine. Yeah, and the most amazing part was the fact that um, I think Washington State got the ball back with like. I want to say like a minute thirty or two minutes left, and they, well, they they got they st- so so they stopped. Uh, Oregon State got them to punt it, got the ball back with like a minute thirty, maybe two minutes at most, and drove down the field and just finished the game. Like, I don't know how else to other say it. like Washington State came back and sealed the deal. Um, 
tough loss for Oregon State. Uh, Washington State, yeah. Washington State comes out f- on top, fifty-four to fifty-three. Jake Lutton for Oregon State, twenty-two of forty, four hundred eight, five touchdowns, one interception. Um, and then Jamar Jefferson, twenty-one carries, one hundred thirty-two yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Champ Flemings, four receptions, one hundred ten yards, one touchdown. Oregon State, like this last part of the year, has looked pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know they gave fifty-four points to. Washington State and 600 passing yards to them, but they look way better than I think a lot of people imagine them would look. Uh, their offense is good. Their defense yeah. is god awful. That secondary just got torn up. But I mean, so I I do think that the um, the Civil War is going to be a pretty fun one to watch with Oregon State versus Oregon. Well, it'll be fun to see how many points Oregon can put up. I think that's about as fun as it's going to get. <laughs> But then uh, Oregon by four touchdowns, <laughs> six touchdowns, six hundred and six yards. Gordon throws for it. No, dude, Herbert's gonna tear apart that secondary. Yes, Herbert's better than Gordon. I'm sorry, he is. Yeah, he had a tough game against ASU, but I mean, Gordon had a tough time against ASU too. I mean, ASU is a very underrated defense. So, I no, no, don't. You're not gonna convince me that Oregon State, Oregon is gonna be a good game. Oregon State's gonna get blown out. I think it'd Plus, be a it's going to be a tune-up game. game for the Pac-12 championship. No, not going to be a good game at all. So, I, don't, I, just, and then, uh, I hope I'm wrong. I, I enjoy good football, but I just I don't see that being a good football game. I and then so then Max Borgie sealed the deal for them this this game too. The final uh, play of the game with the two I think it's two yard touchdown, uh, ten carries, forty four yards, two touchdowns for him. Um, Renard Bell eight receptions, one hundred eight yards. Two touchdowns for Washington State, leading receiver. And, yeah, I mean, that's just – you had picked Oregon State and I had picked Washington State. Oregon State's pretty much the uh, Illinois of the Pac-12 where they're going to be an underdog, but, you know, if they win, you're like you're excited for them because they're such a terrible team. Well, I mean, they, they, did, they do have big wins. I remember them knocking off – I think it was USC when they were ranked number one at one time. Uh, yeah, they beat them in, in 06 and 08. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. All right. Last Pac-12 game, Washington, Colorado. So before we go into this, I actually I forgot to say this. I had this in my notes, but um, with that loss, this is the first time UCLA has had four losing seasons in a row since 1924, when they were called the Southern Branch Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I think I think at the time they were pretty much playing like high school teams. So yeah, it's the first time they've had four losing seasons, and two of them have come because of Chip Kelly. So it's be <laughs> be interesting to see how next season goes for them. But I can't really say much. Scott Frost is kind of <laughs> in the same boat, so I can't really say much. But Scott Frost is the right guy. I don't know if Chip Kelly is. Yeah, f- fun facts for you: Mike Riley actually came from Oregon State before he went to Nebraska. Oh, I'm tracking. Oh, I'm 100 percent aware. Oregon State because uh, we actually have a few few guys that went to Oregon State uh, when Mike Riley got fired they transferred because they thought Riley was going to be back at Oregon State oh okay so yes yeah, so we got uh, the Buffaloes versus the Huskies mm-hmm. we got Colorado coming out on top like I predicted 20-14 to 14. did I take Washington you did fuck me dude fuck I'll go, I'll go over your final overall once we finish this can one. we not <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, Jacob Eason uh, for Washington, twenty-one of thirty-four, two hundred six yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Rashard Newton, rushing attack, twelve carries, thirty-two yards, one touchdown. I just, I, I think the biggest problem with Washington is 
they do not have the right offense for Jacob Eason, and it's showed all year. Which is a shame. He's a good QB. He is. He has a he has a really great arm. Yeah. Um, but I think Washington very has toned. a chance of going very tan, very good arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he so I, I think Washington has a huge chance of going six and six though this year because they got Washington State next for the. Uh, oh yeah. So I think, but Jacob Eason is actually from Washington. So I mean, he's back in his home state, but. Uh, yeah, just Washington just did not look good at all. Did Montez set that record? Um, he was on pace. He needed like so many yards. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, got, I oh, I, he set the touchdown record. Well, it was like it was the uh, yardage record. Uh, I don't know. You'd have to look it up. Um, Stephen Montez though, seventeen of twenty-eight, two hundred twenty-three yards, one touchdown. Um, with that, he becomes the all-time leading touchdown holder at Colorado for QB, so applaud him for that. Uh, then Alex Fontenot, 24 carries, 105 yards, one touchdown. And LaVisca Chenault Jr. Did you watch his touchdown catch? Which one? His only one. Seven receptions, 100 yards for him, and one, th- one, uh-huh. one, uh, one touchdown. Whole, you need to watch that. That thing was absolutely amazing. I don't know how he ended up with it because the Washington DB, like, had it, it looked like, and then it, it looked like it like got broken up or like he took it out of bounds. The next thing you know, Lavisca Chanel's just like standing there with the football in his hands in the end zone. Oh, dude, I didn't even cover that part. On that same token, did you see uh, J.D. Spielman's catch in the Maryland game at Nebraska? No, I didn't. Adrian Martinez probably threw one of the worst passes I've seen him throw all year. He throws in a double coverage. First guy tips it. Second guy tips it. It literally pops over those two dudes' heads, and J.D. Spielman just pulls it in, and he's like, hey, look, football. Yeah, it was, it, it was Sports Center top play actually. I think it was like number one or number two. Go be great. Yeah, you should you should look up Levisca and Chanel. Oh, there it is. I just saw it. Yeah, it's. it's I don't know how he came down <laughs> with it. <laughs> Damn, Washington State was up to. Oh, that's Washington State. Never mind. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, I'm a goober. Did you see if Simon Montes broke the yards? No, I don't think he did. It, okay. There was. They still got one more game, so. Yeah, 223 yards touchdown. I mean, not a bad day for him. Uh, uh, he actually uh, on that final drive too, when they um, sealed the deal, he had like gotten hit when he was running for the first down. Yeah, and uh, like messed up his hand and came out for a play, and then went right back in. And like you could tell, like his hand was hurting because he was uh, like quenching his face. Oof, brutal. And he held, he kept a minute, so the last drive they were able to kill the clock and uh, pull away with the win. I don't think anyone saw this Colorado team coming out with five wins this year, so Mel Tucker's doing something right out there. Yeah, I mean, they should only have four. They shouldn't have beaten Nebraska, but it is what it is. All right, you want to get into predictions? Uh, is that where we're at? Yeah, that's it. That's it for the Pac-12. All right. Hell yeah. It's been All a right, for the Black Friday, 2 o'clock, Husky Stadium in Seattle, Washington. We got Washington State playing Washington. Uh, I'm going to go with the underdog here and go with Washington State. Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and take Washington at home. I know it's not really a home game, no matter where it's played, because you're just going to be 50-50 in the stadium. But I'm Playing gonna, for the Apple Cup. Yep. yep. Call Washington Granny Smith, because they're taking the apples. All right. <laughs> so Eugene, Oregon, Oregon State, Oregon. You said this was going to be a good game. I'm going with Oregon State. <laughs> All right. 18-point line, by the way, Oregon. I'm taking Oregon. I'm taking the Ducks. All right. 
Uh, big game, out of conference game. Uh, Notre Dame, Stanford, and Stanford. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. All right, Colorado, Utah. Oh shit! It's in Salt Lake City. Utah's yeah, favored I, by I twenty-eight pitch, points. I, I put you down for Oregon State. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's why I'm fixing it. All right, Colorado, Utah. It's in Salt Lake. The line is twenty-eight points. I'm going with Utah. Yeah. I don't see anyone beating Utah. Nope. All right. <clears throat> Territorial Cup. Tempe, Arizona. This is an actual home game because if if you're a, a Wildcat fan, you come into Tempe, you get your glass shattered. Like they, they, They're going to be there, but they're not going to be happy. Arizona State, Arizona. ASU. ASU. Go Devils. All right. UCLA, California. Pasadena. Rose Bowl. I'm going with Cal. UCLA. By the way, UCLA is favored, actually, by two and a half. It's not bad. As long as, as, long as Chase Garbers is in, I'm going with Cal. I, solid pick. I, I'm just going to take UCLA. I think they'll get to the five wins. Um, it's unfortunate they're not going to make a, a playoff, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, a little bit of. Uh, it's going to be an interesting week. It's rivalry week. Um, it's going to be a fun week to watch. Next week is actually the last week of the regular season. Your regular season's over. I have one more game. I got Iowa and Nebraska. And I think one of the most fabricated rivalries in college football. Literally just made up by the Big Ten Conference. Um, but I, I think that's going to be a good game. We both picked Nebraska. I think Nebraska comes out on top. Um, but... Speaking about the college football playoff, so there's a lot of interest um, going into this. Um, you got, let me see here, you got Ohio State playing a rivalry game on the road, number two team in the nation. Clemson's playing a rivalry game on the road at South Carolina. Georgia, the number four team, is on a rivalry game on the road at Georgia Tech. Alabama's on the road, the number five team at Auburn. And where's LSU. LSU is the only top five team at home playing against Texas A&M, not playing against a rival. So there's, I would say there's a 90% possibility that one of the top four teams gets upset. And believe it or not, I'm actually taking Georgia Tech to be Georgia on the road. Um, and I think the next possibility would be Michigan over Ohio State and then South Carolina over Clemson. LSU is not losing. That's the top five as it sits right now. Um, and then the eventual number six team uh, in Utah is at home against Colorado. So what do you see the college football playoff committee making of, obviously, LSU and Ohio State say number one, number two. I think there's going to be a lot of debate on who's the number one team. But I think LSU ultimately wins out because of the SEC bias. Um but where do you see number three and number four landing? Uh, number three is State Clemson. Okay. Even though they're idle. Okay. It's interesting. And then who you do you got look at last year when uh, Notre Dame was idle during the uh, conference championships? They didn't move them. They left them at, uh, I think it was number four. Well, I mean, they were undefeated. So, I mean, you can't really knock them out like, because of a conference. Yeah. Clem Clemson's undefeated right now, too, though. <sighs> they just. I don't think they're as good as they were. Uh, I don't think they're a good. I don't think so either. But I'm saying like. But I mean, they're gonna, they're gonna okay, so Ohio State had a big win. 
LSU kind of rolled um, in their last game. So I think I, I think if I was on the committee, I would give Ohio State a little bit more credit. I would put Ohio State as the number one team. They've looked more dominant all year. LSU kind of had a tough game against Alabama. Granted, it was Alabama. But Ohio State has not been tested all year. They played their first meaningful third down after halftime against Penn State. And guess what? They converted it. And guess what? They ran away with that football game. They're going to play Michigan. They're going to roll. I think they beat them by more than eight points. I think they beat them by two touchdowns. Uh, but number four, right now it's Georgia. Georgia, I don't know if you've watched any of their games. They're 10-1. and one. And at risk of getting yelled at by my first arm when I say this, Georgia is not a top four football team. They aren't. No, they look absolutely terrible as last week. And number, I don't know if you got to watch any of that, but they were. No, yeah, against Texas A&M. Yeah. yeah, Jake Fromm is terrible. And that's why, I mean, I kind of hold out a little bit of hope Texas A&M gives LSU a little bit of run for their money so that the Big Ten can get that number one. But with number six going down, Oregon, they're out. Number 14, Baylor, they're 10-1. and one. I think they still have an outside shot. Oklahoma has an outside shot because they have the big win against Baylor on the road. Um, dude, I can hear you eating that like through my headphones. <laughs> Um, Alabama, do they have a shot to make it in? I'll wait. The, the listeners will wait. <laughs> I asked a question because here's my opinion. Alabama, zero. Oh, shit. Hey, what's up, first art? His ears are ringing. Uh, Alabama, in my eyes, has zero shot to make the college football playoff. If you can't play for your conference, you shouldn't be in, in, in the hunt at all. In this 14 system. In my 18 system, yes, they're in. But without Tua Tagliova, Alabama, I don't think they should be in. Yeah, I, I think we agree on that one, um, that Alabama should not be in the playoffs. I think Utah should get that number four spot. Are they going to get it? Probably not. They're not going to get it until the Pac-12 championship. But I think number four right now will probably either be Alabama or Georgia for this week. And then once the championship time comes around, it'll be uh, Utah. So Alabama Utah wins out. Alabama's the number five team. Uh, they beat they beat Auburn. Uh, and you know they they can't play for their uh, they can't play for their conference championship game. Georgia. Stays at number four because, you know, somehow they, they beat Texas A&M and, and kept it. But they're going to get beat by LSU. So Georgia and Alabama both, I think, get knocked out right there. But then you have Utah, a 10-1 and team that wins their conference if, if they beat Oregon. And you got them on the outside looking in. You have a one-loss Oklahoma team and a one-loss Baylor team in the Big 12 on the outside looking in. And then you have a one-loss Big Ten team in Minnesota on the outside looking in. And their one loss is against Iowa on the road. And if they win their conference, they could be in. And then you have a one-loss Ohio State team who's like dominant and lost their conference championship. I I think it's going to be very interesting to see who the top four teams are. Um, yeah, I think, but I don't I think, see two SEC teams this year. There, there's not two strong SEC teams. I would make an argument for Alabama if they had Tua. Two is out for the season. He's done. Yeah, and they, they I, I, cause I was listening to ESPNU on on SiriusXM on my drive back for a little bit, and they just keep bringing up uh, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. But they play what? They play Western Carolina. Yeah, yeah, Western Carolina. 
okay, cool. Like you beat a freaking sixty six to three, and that's they're a three win FBS team. FCS team. FCS three wins in the FCS, and they come into Alabama, and they get destroyed. So, on a side note, can we talk about Miami getting obliterated by FIU? (laughs) (laughs) Did you see that? Yeah. Oh, How man. embarrassing must that be to be a uh, Miami fan this season? Because Manny Diaz is just not panning out, and to get blown out by FIU, who literally came in there and and disrespected. I, I don't know if like if you followed any of the the pregame stuff, but um, FIU literally said that they're not the University of Miami at all. Like the FIU is the University of Miami that they take all the kids and that um, they're just the university of, I can't remember what the city is there, but university of that city. And then they went in there and they beat them. So that's pretty. uh, Yeah, I just, just, so my top four is, uh, I'm going to take Ohio State, LSU, Clemson. And I'm going to put Utah in there. I I think right now Utah can contend with any of those people. I think uh, not Ohio State. I think they can contend with them. I'm not saying they're going to beat Maybe them. Maybe in the first I'm quarter. Saying, I'm just saying they can contend with them because Utah plays a very physical brand of football. If if there's any team on on the top four that can actually be ready for that, it would be LSU and Ohio State. I just think it would be a very good game. I'm not saying Utah would win. I'm just saying it'd make if you pick Utah number four right there and they go against Ohio State, I think it'd be a very fun game to watch. Yeah. It'll um it'll be interesting to see how the committee kind of ranks all this. Um I I think the I think the biggest thing that the committee has to take into effect, and I hope they do, is Georgia doesn't pass the eye test. Ohio State is the most dominant football team. Alabama cannot contend because, one, they lost their starting quarterback, and, two, they're they're not the same with with the backup. And it's going to come down to LSU, Ohio State, and the other two teams are just kind of playing to be able to say, hey, we were in the playoff. So... Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, a very interesting next couple of weeks for them. Um, what would you say the any given Saturday game of the week was? Uh, this last week? Yep. ASU, Oregon. Okay, dokie. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, anytime you have a top eight team get knocked off by a five and five team, yeah, that's absolutely... The uh, any given because we also had Navy knocking off SMU thirty five to twenty eight. Yeah, I, it's a contender, but there was also people picking. No, no one saw the ASU. Everyone. No, I don't think anyone did. There was people seeing. Uh, people were seeing Navy knock off SMU, but I don't think uh, anybody saw that coming. That Oregon ASU game. So I don't know. Next so, next week will be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. So with our. With our pick for Nebraska-Iowa, that could be the any given Saturday game of the week. 
Ah, maybe. People are going to pick Nebraska. People are going to see that team coming together. Uh, So I think next year we have a a lot better chance of contending. Um, I think that Scott Frost is starting to get his, his team put together and I'm excited for next year. That's for damn sure. Let's, let's get through this year. Let's get through the off season and uh, let's get over there. Yeah, I think, I think there's a lot more promise going into next year, but then again, there's a lot of promise going into this year. A lot of uh, insiders and writers had Nebraska winning the big 10. That's very true. That is very, you are uh, absolutely correct. So I think it's just one of those things where you need to wait and see before you kind of get into the hype with Nebraska next year. Yeah, absolutely. If they go, if they go bowling this year, though, I mean, that'd be pretty, well, if, pretty if, good. If we can beat Iowa and we can go to a bowl game, it's going to be a big deal for those freshmen. You know, those, those true freshmen that are coming in, it's going to be a big deal for them to get those extra practices in, get those extra um, – Get those get those extra practices. Get that offense going, and uh, it'll be uh, it'll be good. We just need to get to that bowl game. That's I think the biggest thing that we need. Yeah, I, I think if Scott Frost gets to a bowl game this year, it takes a lot of the. Um, I mean, uh, it take, the people that are putting kind of pressure onto it. I think it takes a lot of that off because. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they only had four wins last year, right? Yeah, so we finally improved. We didn't go four yeah. and eight. We're gonna go. Do you have a chance of going six and six? Nah. Yeah, I I'm a fan. I'm picking them to go six and six. I think they're going to beat Iowa. I think they have a good chance to beat Iowa. They have a great chance to beat Iowa. Can they pull that's what it I'm out? Saying. They go six and six, and that's two more wins than last year. That's improvement, and they're in the bowl game. Come on now. Yeah. Give it up for them Huskers. Go Big Red, baby. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Go Big Red. Um, but I also know my team. You know, I'd and that's very true. But I, I, you know, I'm going to buy into the hype this week. Uh-huh. This week I'll buy into. I haven't bought into it ever for you. Especially when we talked about the Big Ten. Well, I appreciate I, that, brother. I do. You know, I appreciate. I, I'm gonna that. buy it because I don't got a game this week with USC. All right. I'm just, I'm well, let's get together the- on Black Friday and watch that game at least. All right, we could try. What time is it at? Twelve thirty. In the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Black Friday. Uh, you keep saying that. I understand that what Black Friday is. You don't have to keep saying Black Friday. Are you trying to say you want to go Black Friday shopping with me? Do you want to go Black Friday shopping? Yeah, I need to go buy Home Depot. <laughs> Home Depot's having Black Friday sales? They always do. That's where I got all my tools from last year. <laughs> they have really good deals. Dude, you're such a dad and you're not even a dad, dude. <laughs> like, I'm talking about going Black Friday shopping at Target to go get, like, some AirPods or something. And you're like, I want to go to Home Depot. Too. Yeah, I want to get tools. I like getting tools. What do you build? What's the last tool you used? Uh, actually, I used the 15th socket. For 15, what? 16 socket this morning with an extension and then a, like a three-fourths drive ratchet for uh, changing my oil. No. I changed my oil this morning. And then tomorrow I'm going to rotate my tires. So I need to use the uh, impact wrench. There you go. All right. Well, I, I think that kind of wraps it up this week. Uh, you don't want to go into what we did this week? or uh, I didn't really do much, man. Like I, You didn't do anything? I hung out with Michael. Yeah, because you freaking couldn't record Saturday night or Sunday because you finally got to spend time with your wife. So obviously you're doing something. Uh, Saturday, wow, dude, what was going on Saturday night? Oh, you were driving back, so you didn't want to record Saturday night. And then no, I told you I would. No, you were like, no, I'm driving. No, we made these plans last week. They were like, hey, we'll record on Sunday. 
because you yeah. were driving back. And so I was like, okay, cool. And then on Sunday, I was like, well, Megan finally got the day off. And so I was like, no, nah, like I'm going to spend the day with my wife. And then Michael came over with Emmett for dinner. And then, I don't know, we were in bed at 9 o'clock last night, which was really nice. And then, <laughs> you know, we found, hey, something positive came out. We found out we really like to record on Monday afternoons. So Yeah, I like it. I mean, I wouldn't mind Sunday afternoon either. It's just nice. Well, to the problem with Sunday afternoon is my son. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, we could just put him in the backyard and the dog, dog kennel. Well, there's no dog kennel. We could put him in the grill. Yeah. That'll work. Let's do that. Yeah. Nah, I, I like the Monday, man. Because, I mean, I get off work, come here, record, go pick up my son. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you're not always going to get off at, at noon. So. <laughs> no, nah, well, I mean, it'll last for the rest of football season, except for the national championship. Oh. It well, should. I mean, because. Once I get to Kansas, I'm not going to be doing anything to January, so. Yeah, you'll be I free. I think the hardest thing is going to be trying to record when I'm at my girlfriend's house. Put her in the backyard in the dog kennel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to awkwardly like, walk away from the family. and. Hey, I got to I gotta go talk into a microphone for an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Nah, man, I, I still don't believe your girlfriend's real. Uh, she is. She's a Husker fan, too. Is she? Yeah, go Big Red. No. But no, I mean, I've never met her, never talked to her, and, you know, and she's been here plenty of times. But You've met my wife. She makes you cookies. She yeah, runs she your does. Instagram page. You've met her. You know she's real. She lives in this house. <laughs> but I've never met Courtney, ever. I mean, it's not, it's not my fault. She's like here for a short amount of time, and then she leaves. Literally takes two minutes to meet somebody. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe like the interaction. It doesn't take two minutes to drive here and show you. You know, I'll drive to you. I'll come meet you. Well, when I go out to Kansas, you come meet me out there. Okay, no, that's completely different. I'm not driving. It's six hours. Six hours for a two minute interaction. Not happening. You can spend the weekend out there. There's a lot of stuff to do in Salina. Oh boy, can't wait to go through the cornfields of Kansas. You forget, <laughs> I grew up in Nebraska, dude. Can't, there ain't shit in Kansas. The, okay, you know what's in Kansas? You know what the best part of Kansas is? The Kansas-Nebraska border when you get back to a real state. That's what the best part of Kansas is. Same thing with Iowa. I don't hate Iowa's football team because they're quote-unquote rivals, but I hate Iowa because I hate the state of Iowa. Iowa's the most boring state to ever drive through. That's how I feel about Nebraska, but it's all right. No, dude, just stay towards the southeast. Don't go towards the panhandle. Don't be a retard. <laughs> <laughs> stay in southeast Nebraska. Be smart. There's towns and lakes and campgrounds and... There ain't shit in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fucking tractor, though, I'll tell you that. Fuck Iowa. I hope we beat the crap out of Iowa. I really do. Well, all right. I think that's going to wrap up the uh, the podcast for today. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you guys have a great weekend. Great week. Um, hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Make sure you guys drive safe. Don't drink and drive. Um, follow us on Facebook at Any Given Saturday CFB. Follow us on Instagram at Any Given Saturday CFB. And what's the Twitter, and Twitter and email? Twitter is any CFB, but you can you can search any given Saturday CFB and you'll still find us. What's the email? Email at Gmail. It is any given Saturday CFB at Gmail dot com. So just email us questions, suggestions. Um, if you want to advertise or anything like that, just let us know, and uh, we'll get back to you on that. Absolutely. All right, you guys have a great week. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, and uh, go big red. And fight on.